What's up, you guys? Welcome to the October 7th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to break down, recap, and analyze an eight-game Friday slate. Uh, we learned kind of a lot. We really saw some some new wrinkles, and we saw kind of the pecking order for a lot of teams. We saw a lot of rest, i.e. Kings. They rested pretty much all their veterans, but... We did get to see kind of where the second unit fits, third unit fits, and a lot of stuff that we just really learned. So uh, if you're in deep leagues, you kind of got a feel for who you should look at. Uh, if you're in a sh- even shallower leagues, the sleepers that we've been looking at in picks 75 to 100, they really kind of lined themselves up, I felt, after today for guys that I kind of want to draft and guys that I'm kind of laying off. So, um, yeah, I'm, we're just going to go through it like we've been doing. Just go through the box scores and talk about what plays that we're run and chemistry for players. All, all that good stuff that we want, really want to see, uh, especially this season, right, with so many so many guys just uh, going through so many changes. Uh, you, you thought that Kevin Durant going to the Warriors was the most wild offseason you would see, right? Well, not so much. Um, but yeah, we're we're down. I watched as much as I could. Uh, there are a couple games I didn't get to see yet, but uh, I did read most of the tweets from the beat writers, so we'll kind of go off that. And yeah, I saw some videos. We should be good. And I also didn't get to watch any baseball. And I was thinking, by the way, uh, I've got to be the only person, if you are also with me, that well, I've watched baseball pretty much every day from May until early October when preseason starts, but when preseason NBA starts, I just stop watching baseball. So I'm sitting here just finishing up watching the uh, TBS post game. Pedro Martinez is the, one of the best analysis, the analysts of all time. Uh, he's who, The Yankees are my daddy. Love Pedro. But it's just so weird. It's just so upside down that I watch so much regular season baseball. I won my 12-team keeper league, by the way. So proud of that. But, uh, yeah, when when basketball's on, you know what it is. All right, so really, I guess the – I kind of learned a lot in the Boston game, the uh, Boston 76ers game. So let's start with that. First thing we have learned is we know four of the five starters for sure for Boston, um, which we kind of knew from begin with. Uh, we knew three for sure. We knew Horford, Kyrie, and Hayward are going to start for sure. And now I would say Jalen Brown is in pen starting at shooting guard. Um, he's been very productive on offense. He's been cutting well. He's been defending really well. His length is huge for this team, especially against Kyrie with his deficiencies on defense. So Jalen Brown, if he could somehow manage to get 1.7, 1.8 threes, it's not totally impossible and he'll probably get one and a half steals. He's got a floor for fantasy. So uh, I'm down to draft him. I'm still kind of out on Hayward. Uh, I thought it was a good day if you're a Hayward backer from what we saw. They ran a lot of good offense through him. He had five assists. So if you're looking at Hayward as a fourth rounder, I'm probably down. But I, I really can't I really can't take him in the third round where he's going. Um, I would just rather have like Conley or Bradley Beal or McCollum or any of those guys who have clear-cut roles as the number two guy or 
you know, I guess Hayward you could say is the number two guy, but the difference difference between Beal and the number three guy and McComb and the number three guy is just a chasm. I mean, you evil can evil couldn't jump that. So uh, that's kind of my concern with Hayward. He's going to have a couple down games, and we even saw him have down games with Utah on a team that is not nearly as loaded. Um. The other thing I noticed is Kyrie's going to be crazy open in this offense. Uh, he made 5 of 7 from 3, catch and shoot for most of them. This guy is elite. We've talked about He's better. He was better than Stephen Curry on catch and shoot last year. So it just goes to show you Kyrie is in. He's going to be insane. Um, I don't know if he's going to improve necessarily on the 25 points per game, but he's got probably close to three threes per game in the bag. I think he can get his five assists. I think the steals may actually go up with this with this team's put together. And, yeah, I mean, Kyrie is hes going to get so, so many. He's just so deadly when he's open. So uh, I'm firmly on Kyrie. I, I still lean Dame, just to throw that out there. But um, after him, um, and I'd probably still go Wall, but um, Kyrie, I, I hate. I do not want to have to pick between Kyrie Irving and Chris Paul. That, I do not envy that decision. I uh, hope they don't get put in that spot. But as it stands right now, I probably would go Kyrie um, just because the ceiling's there and you know that he is going to thrive in his role. You don't have to worry about who's going to handle the ball like you have to worry about with Chris Paul and Harden and all that. So, yeah, um, Ky- Kyrie looks killer. Another guy who looks really, really good is Al Horford. Um, two blocks in each of his two games in limited minutes. Tremendous passing in both games. High screen, running offense through him. Kyrie and Horford look like they've been playing together for years. They, they're they going to hit the ground running. I love Horford um, in the fourth round. I will take him pretty much all day, fourth round, over my boys. Um, oh, like Oladipo is pretty much my boy in the fourth round. But if Horford's sitting there, I'm pouncing. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, Jason Tatum. Yeah, this guy can play. Um, we saw him light it. There's a lot of guys who will light it up in summer league, and you put them in the preseason, and you can really see the difference for how they fall off. I don't think it's there. I mean, this guy is like DeMar DeRozan at making difficult shots. He has a really beautiful three-point stroke. A couple people on Twitter had let me know that I don't watch a lot of college, that he's more on balance. He was leaning more in college. and I mean, it's a pure, pure stroke for a guy that size. You don't see three-pointers. Looked that clean, and he stepped right into him, and he looks great. Looks like a guy who could be a, and he also defends well uh, with shot blocking, um, defending. Again, the key here is he started at the four, and we saw in the Charlotte game he played a lot of four. He part he played against Marvin Williams, played against Frank Kaminsky on defense. That is just massive. Like we've talked about this on previous podcasts. We want to see Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward see they can play well together with the two forward spots. And after today, I feel a lot better about that. And I will and I will add again, and you guys who listen a lot know, I, I don't like Marcus Morris. Um, subpar rebounder, subpar shooter, subpar playmaker. Just, just kind of an average basketball player. So... Jason Tatum is not potentially an average basketball player. So I see that, and I see the way that they want to run this team and kind of outscore you rather than the, the other way around where teams would rather have you defend you better, like, say, Utah. 
They want to keep you. They want to defend you better than you defend them. Um, it's other uh, Houston as well. Another team just does that. It's like, oh yeah, you're gonna score this many. Fine, we'll score more than you. But I see that as kind of the new Boston mentality. And this new small ball lineup looked really good. Um, again, this is the 76ers that is a little bit thin, but I, I thought they communicated well on defense. Again, it was it was a, if you're a Tatum guy. Today was a win for you. Um, again, Marcus Morris didn't play, but uh, I really am growing on Tatum as a last-round pick to see what happens. Um, there's another guy. Uh, it seems like Josh Jackson's kind of in that same realm. Um, I have Jackson slightly ahead of Tatum right now, but um, it's and we also we'll get to that actually. But again, a good night from him. Uh, okay, so another, I would probably say the the biggest guy that caught my eye today for Boston was Marcus Smart, um, and I wrote I wrote the blurb for him today. And by the way, I wrote I wrote all the blurbs today. So if you have any idea on my thoughts for any of these guys, just go on Roto World, and it's me writing that. Uh, I was busy tonight, <laughs> but uh, I'm kind of kind of wired right now. But anyways, um, like I said, Marcus Smart, just crazy energy, man. Um, and we, like I was about to say, we, we see so many hashtag muscle watch and lost 20 pounds, lost 10 pounds, whatever it is. It, it's just meaningless crap. But I, I really see it with Marcus Smart. He, you could, he had a lot of videos posted of him shooting threes. And the, he, hey, make, he needs to make that money this year. And Alex Lund's another guy. Both these guys just look like they know what's up. And whether someone gave him a stern talking to or whatever. But Marcus Smart has... He's he's not much draft to me. but And I haven't come away with him yet. But, man, if you get, like, Westbrook or somebody like that. West, if you get, like, Westbrook, Covington, and Marcus... And, again, I haven't done this yet. I, I, I just... My brain just doesn't let me... Allow me to punt field goal percentage. I've been conditioned to be good in that category for like 20 years, but if if you can do it, um, and you gotta you gotta I gotta mock it, um, do it, try to do it. I think it's a I think it's a really good strategy this year, especially with how many guys are are going to be bad in that area and just smash everywhere else. But again, Marcus Smart's I think he's good for two threes a game. I think he's good for two steals a game. I think he's good for four assists a game. That alone, right there. Is value. Um, so if he could hit 12 points, he's a solid rebounder for his size. I also thought he defended bigger guys very well. For a guy who lost 20 pounds, that's a concern. When you lose 20 pounds and they want you to switch on fours, that that matters. And it hasn't really mattered so far. I mean, he's he looks legit. He hasn't really lost his stability and low center of gravity or whatever it is. But he looks like the same defender to guard multiple positions that he was before. So, yeah, good, great, great night for Marcus Smart. Uh, I thought Aaron Baines played well. He's played well pretty much all preseason. Great fit for the offense. Decent jump shot. Uh, he had a hard foul on Rashawn Holmes. Get to that in a second. And then also, our boy, Gerson Yabuselli. Man, I, I love this guy. Um, you can't really find a more wide-bodied, in-shape guy. This guy beats people out down the floor all game. Um... Julia Okafor hacked the heck out of him, and Julia Okafor got hurt on the play. Um, the guy's just straight up rock solid. Um, that that man right there, I would hate to fight, as they say in Chappelle's show. Um, talking about Rosie O'Donnell, the player hitters ball. 
What's your favorite uh, Chappelle show episode uh, or sketch? It's mad real world for me. If anyone cares, this is what happens when we, when we do uh, podcasts at three thirty Eastern, twelve twenty seven Pacific time. Anyways, what else we got? We got that we're good. We're good with Boston, like we said. Pretty much, I think everyone's a winner today. Um, but it's got. I'm aggressive on Horford. I'm aggressive on Kyrie. Um, I'm down to draft Jalen, but I, I haven't yet. Um, I've drafted Tatum in a couple, but not really too aggressive on him. Terry Rozier looked all right as well. Um, Semi Ojale has looked pretty good. He's playing a lot of four, something to watch. But again, with Marcus Morris fitting in, um, Marcus Morris is a threat to Ojale's playing time, not Jason Tatum's playing time to me. Um, they're going to need just space and... Marcus Morris just doesn't really provide that to me um, for a guy. They want someone to rebound. And Tatum did all right. He's done a decent job on the boards. I mean, he's got, he had five rebounds tonight in 22 minutes. Um, I think he rebounded well. Yeah, five rebounds in 33 minutes on Monday. That's better than probably Marcus Morris would have done. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, he also had two blocks, two steals on Monday, too. So, yeah, I mean, good, good night for Tatum or preseason. Okay, so 76ers. Let's start with Ben Simmons. Like I wrote in the border, he kind of is who we thought he is, right? Um, Denny Green style. Because he turned the ball over five times, he was three away from the field, he was two of six from the free throw line. That's bad. He's going to hurt you there. He's not going to make threes. That's four categories if you play a nine cat. That's not good. That means you have to really smash to be a top 50 player, top 75 player even, and if you're just going off pure scoring. But, again, if you're playing in points leagues or you're playing in DFS, obviously it's a horse of a different color. So uh, he could be a legit 13-7-8 and eight guy with steals. Like we've always said, the 76ers have a knack for getting steals. So I think Ben Simmons is – and by the way, he's just electric. Um, when, when he gets a rebound, man, you just your eyes are locked. I have four games on at a time. But when I see Ben Simmons get the basketball, I'm not looking anywhere else. Um, this guy just makes crazy plays. His court vision is LeBron-like. And I'm Mr. LeBron, and I, I will say all day LeBron's the best passer ever. But, I mean, Simmons, if you haven't seen Simmons yet, whether it be Summer League or YouTube or Tonight or the other game, he, he's just un, unreal. Like, I, I tweeted that he, I think he's top five most watchable players league pass style that you have to see he's just you just get goosebumps when you when there's uh and when he's in the open court and this guy's just incredible so fantasy value again standard league you're probably not going to touch him for me um had some people ask me why i'm not talking about him much because i really don't know yet uh, i didn't see the, the other game but yeah again he's kind of as advertised from what we've seen so far um Moving down the line, I thought it was interesting that Amir Johnson started at the five. Uh, he played 17 minutes. He took three threes, made two. He has one of the slowest releases in the NBA from three. But, hey, knocked down two. Good for him. Um, that kind of throws an interesting wrench in this situation that they played him there um, because Rashawn Holmes feels like he has kind of the backup sentiment. It's locked down. So when I see that, I'm like, all right. If you're going to play Amir Johnson at the five, what's up What's up with Embiid? Um, he's not playing right now. He says he wants to play in the preseason. That gives me a little bit of concern there. was kind of my takeaway on that. So, I mean, I, I, like I've said before, I've drafted Embiid in a league before. 
But it was more heart overhead. I want to have him beat on the team. I don't care. I'll eat. It's only $25 buy-in for that league. So uh, I, I will swallow my pride just to have him beat on my team to give a little extra rooting interest. I hate, like I said, like I've said before, I hated not having him beat on the fantasy team last year. So... Um, if 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 you're playing in a big money league, you really shouldn't draft Embiid. I and and if you're thinking strictly as a businessman, then yeah, I can't I can't sign off on that. But you're if you like fun and you're playing like a ten dollar league, and you enjoy having him on your team, then draft him and he's going to be so much fun. Uh, if you can sustain the. 10 to 15 games he's going to miss. Hopefully that's it. What else we got? Um, Jared Bayless. Uh, excellent game from him. He made he had 15 points. He is spacing the floor really well. Uh, he did have a slight injury late, but he looks fine. Um, takeaway on that is with no Markel Fultz, I think he's kind of the understudy. I don't know if he's going to be in the rotation because they really like TJ McConnell in the second unit. And McConnell and Holmes kind of had a good rapport late last season. So, can't really draft Bayless. But, again, he's he's kind of the, I guess, if you to put a football analogy in. Like the Darren McFadden, where he's not going to play during most situations. But if Zeke Elliott gets suspended, or if Marco Fultz misses time, then he may be looking at decent work. <sighs> Rocco bombs away. Uh, he's going to take so many threes. He's probably going to have three makes per game um, with close to two steals, but really that's going to be it. So if you're, he's going to be below 40% from the field, almost no doubt about it. So again, if you're building that punt team, man, uh, Covington would be really nice in that situation. Um, JJ Redick is just so good off threes. The 76ers have been bottom six in three-point percentage in each of the last four seasons. So JJ Redick should keep him out of that. This guy just lights it up three and three as well. Man, we're still in the first game. We're 18 minutes in. We, we really got to pick it up. Uh, Joel Okafor, great on offense, 11-6. and six. He is – the defense just doesn't – It's it feels like the defense has – and they're trying to communicate. It has, like, one guy speaking Portuguese, one guy speaking Mandarin, one guy speaking English, one guy speaking Spanish, and one guy speaking alien. <laughs> like, they're, they just – they're not on the same page. And But for some reason, when Holmes is out there or Embiid's out there – or even Amir Johnson's out there, they feel like they're with it. And I, I don't know, I, I really, I've seen a lot of Okafor, and sometimes I just can't comprehend why so many guys just aren't on the string. But it's out there, man. It's a very clear trend that this team just is not good defensively with Joel Okafor out there, minus 12 and 17 minutes, when he quote-unquote looked good. Um Again, don't like this. That's what like the old eye test for stat thing, first box score thing. I hate that argument. Just everything is matters. Just taking all the stats you can, taking all the eye tests you can. Like, don't do that. There's a I, oh, I hate that. I love stats more than anybody, and I watch I watch every game I can because they both matter so so much. So don't let anybody tell you different. Anyways. Sorry, that's my, my defense of, of both. All right, we got to move on. This, this is way too much time for this game. Um, I did not watch this game, the Hawks and the Pistons, and there's good reason for that. Um, one, because I didn't have it. But two, a lot of guys sat. Um, no Schroeder, no Bazemore, no Bellinelli. 
takeaways um, from highlights I saw and what I saw in the last game. John Collins is crazy active. Summer league's no fluke. This guy wants to. This guy wants to drop like 30, 20 games every night. He's just everywhere. Uh, he had ten of six in twenty minutes. I'm pretty sold. I mean, he played minutes at the center position tonight. He's got to be top six or seven rookies to draft, despite how he didn't go on the lottery. Again, this team's short on talent. We know Dwayne Dedman can't play 27, 28 minutes. Uh, Mike Muscala as well is not a big minutes guy. He also hasn't played very well. And he's kind of capped, you know. But uh, And then also, Ursan Elisova, another guy who's not going to play big minutes. They are going to play Tareem Prince at the four a little bit. Uh, we also saw DeAndre Brembry not shoot the ball well, 0-4. But he had four assists, and that was a big thing I noticed in Summer League. He had five rebounds as well. Denbury's really good. And Matt Strope, he sniped me in 30-man. And I should have known better because he's Mr. Hawks. But he got a really nice bargain on Benbury. I took Brendan Wright because I needed a center in the worst way, at like 200 or something in his draft. And I knew. I was like, oh, man, if I let Benbury go, Strope's going to take him. And he did. So props to him. But I do love my 30-man team. If I if I keep this under 40 minutes, I'll talk about that. But that's probably doubtful. <laughs> so, uh, other takeaways. Train Prince is legit. Was probably the biggest takeaway here. They really want to get him going offensively. I love him. Um, depending on how savvy your league is, anywhere from 60 to 100, uh, I really would have a tough time waiting until 100 to draft Tareem Prince. Um, I think I usually pounce around 75 in leagues with people that know the deal, but um, that's gone up now. Um, like Ryan actually tweeted, um, he regretted not taking Prince, usually because it's me taking him in front of him. But uh, yeah, Prince Prince looks super legit. Um, and again, I've said this before too, if you're drafting, I love going, mixing in a guard here and there, and, like, if, if you get a guard early, like, say you land lower, say you land Kyrie, say you land whoever, or if you even get two, if you get two guards and you get no forwards, like, and this has kind of made forwards lose value. Like, and that's kind of why I don't like Kawhi um, on top of the injuries, because, oh, there's so many wings that have value late. Prince, and I would, like, I, if I could, and I did a perfect draft column in the draft guide, and... If you could somehow land Marquise Chris, Tareen Prince, and Aaron Gordon, you're talking about three guys that easily have top 30 upside. So draft those guys aggressively. Um, if you draft those three wings and you can get a point guard mixed in your top three picks and two bit. Okay, so actually, let me let me tell you one thing. I'm sorry to go off a tangent here. My buddy is playing in a uh, $250 buy-in Yahoo Pro League. And I can't believe the team he pulled together. He drafted sixth. He somehow got Cat. On the way back, he somehow got Jokic at freaking 20. Uh, I don't, like, how, how does that even happen? Uh, he got the homie Bradley Beal in round three, and he got Al Horford in round four. So he started his team with Towns, Jokic, and Horford, and Beal. And he got Oladipo in round five. Like, what? I mean,. For a $250 buy-in league, how does that even happen? Uh, so, like I've always said, if you can go big, it's pretty much the way I want to go in my drafts are big early, a little bit of point guard, and then just clean up on wings late. Uh, I'm, th- I'm including Gordon as a wing. Um, and then 
Chris mixed in there. Chris had four blocks. We'll get to him. Man, this is going to be a long pod, you guys. I'm sorry. But um, it's draft season, so I want to make sure you guys are, are ready to go here. Uh, what else we got? Um, for, forget it. We're, we're done with the Hawks here. There's really nobody else. Um, or I think Ursan's a, a decent target. They like him as a, a three-man uh, three spacer guy, so he's down. Uh, Pistons, a couple takeaways. Again, a lot of guys didn't play. Reggie Jackson and Drummond and Boban was also arrested. Keep that in mind. I still love him. He's going to play probably 17, 18 minutes, but we know he's going to probably put up like 12 and 8 with good percentages and close to a block. Um, and again, apparently, apparently they wanted to pass the ball more. Uh, Stan Van Gundy said, when two feet are in the paint, you score the basketball, Bobes. But when they're not, then you could look to pass. He's apparently been overpassing. I think he said overly passing was the terminology, if I'm not mistaken. Um, big takeaway here, Avery Bradley's the shizzle. Um, we knew this. Another guy I really like to target. Um, he fluctuates. Uh, he goes as high as 45 and as late as I think he went like 87, 88 in one of my drafts with expert, expert quote-unquote people. So you could sneak Bradley uh, probably around right in that Right in that Prince ring. It's gonna, there's so many guys. That That's so tough to... And that's why I like drafting bigs. Because all these guys I like in that... Besides Marquise Chris. All those guys that I like from rounds 5 to 8 are all pretty much forwards and shooting guards. So that makes... Again, makes kind of a case to not draft Kawhi. And I don't, I don't want to say Durant. Durant's too good, but... Like yeah, position scarcity is just it feel I I've never been I've been playing fantasy for twenty years now I'm old but uh, yeah like it it feels like positions are more valuable this year than I've ever done and I've been writing I've been writing about fantasy for jeez like ten years now that's so long <laughs> but uh, I'm having like a I'm having like a moment right now but yeah again Avery Bradley is a, a great great. Great target. Um, other takeaways. Let's let's try to streamline this a little bit. So we got Stan Stanley Johnson. I almost said Stan Van Gundy. He's looked pretty good. There's talk of him playing at the four, so he's kind of on the Aaron Gordon plan. Bear down, Wildcats apparently. So um, he's played well. Um, I think Tobias Harris looking comfortable at powered forward. Power forward is a big positive. That's going to go a long way. They, if, the more Tobias Harris plays at the four the more minutes are available for Stanley Johnson. So if you're a Stanley Johnson truther, you want to see that. And so far, so good, really. Um, John Lower, he's kind of trending down, I guess. Him playing center and with Boban apparently making a lot of buzz for Stan Van Gundy, especially with how well he played late. I'm not sure how I feel about Lower. I wouldn't draft him for sure, even though we saw him in December. He really thrived. And the other takeaway, I didn't blurb this yet, but I'm going to blurb it tomorrow. Uh, Henry Ellenson's making a push for minutes. He had 16 points. Just keep an eye on him um, in deep leagues. Uh, I may try to sneak him in the last couple rounds. I don't know if someone even took him yet. But um, Stan Van Gundy talked about the push for power forward, which is what would keep Tobias Harris at the three, which would hurt Stanley Johnson. So, man, besides Avery Bradley, really, it's tough to draft Pistons and Boban as well. If Boban just give him, if you give him 15, 20 minutes, he's going to hit value for you. So. Okay, uh, we can move on. All right, let's be quick on New York. New York rested Chris Stapps. We saw Michael Beasley be solid. Tim Hardaway Jr. looks pretty legit. Had a light leg injury. I uh, really like him as a scorer. Other guys I like more. Um, these other guys. 
these forwards that I mentioned, like I would take Tyrion Prince over her away unless you need scoring or something like that. Um, but yeah, he looks solid. Uh, Courtney Lee looks like he's a really good pick. Ryan picked him up late in the 30 man. I thought that was a fantastic pick for him. It was like after 200. So um, I'm pretty sure Courtney Lee will be a top 120 player, but he probably won't be a top 80 player. So that's kind of what we should be. When we draft, in, when I draft in 12 team, I'm not drafting guys to be top 80 players. I'm drafting guys to be top 50 players. That's kind of in my MO. Like you, you want difference makers. You could pick. There's gonna be so many guys you could pick up during the season. And if you're like me and you have no life and you watch fantasy and you play fantasy basketball like every day, like you're gonna beat dudes to the waiver wire. So, so if you're like that and you want to draft like me, that's that's how I roll. But if you're not as active, higher floors are more important. But if you're making a lot of moves and you can beat dudes, like if you like if you see the guys, if you see Dante Exum get hurt. And you're in a deep league, and you can beat everyone to the wire to pick up Alec Burks. Then you shoot for more stealing. Like it's it's not kind of like it's weird that fantasy is not like a one size fits all kind of a thing. Like, I'm all over the place, guys. I'm already like a half an hour in, so I hope I didn't lose you yet. But we, I really want to get you ready for drafting here. So let's see what else we got. I'm done with the. We don't need to talk about the Knicks. Um, John Wall's really good late first. Brad Beal's really good late second slash early third. Um, Jason Smith's going to start, but he's just not going to do anything statistically. I'm kind of off Otto Porter. He was my boy. Uh, helped me clinch my 30 man last year, but I got him after I got him like 120. He's going high. He's going like 40. Uh, it's so tough to draft guys like that. We saw Danny Green in 2014-15 light it up. They draft people draft him like the fourth round. And they got burned so hard. So it's tough to to really pursue Porter. I, I haven't even come close to touching him yet. Um, for you just need him to be so good. He wasn't great last year, uh, so I, I'm kind, I love I love Porter, but I don't know. I just I just can't do it. Can't do it this year. All right, um, Pacers. We talked about them the other day, so I don't want to spend too much. Miles Turner's so legit. Um, Victor Oladipo played point guard. He looks unbelievably legit. Again, unless Al Horford's there, somebody like that, I'm pouncing on the in the fourth round all day, fifth round if you can if you could swing it. TJ Leaf had a kind of a aha moment uh, with 18 points. He had a really good defensive play that I saw. Um, thought he got a block, but they didn't credit him on the on the box score. But um, this guy can shoot. Uh, a lot of people said he's a, a better scorer, better better player even than his college teammate Lonzo Ball. So uh, I'm still not ready to play him yet or use him yet. Um, I, I think he went like 300 in the 30-man, in the so the demand's definitely not there for him. Uh, Darren Collison, 22 minutes, 4 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal in 22 minutes. Low usage. He's going to be an 11-point 11, 11 guy. Four, five assist guy over a steal, probably one point three threes with good percentages for a guard. That's valuable right there. It's top seventy five, top eighty. Um, again, with upside for a team that is playing fast. They talk a lot about pace, and they're preaching what practicing what they preach for the Pacers and pace. Pugh. So I got to clean the spit off my microphone after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, like I've said all along, Pacers are, are fantastic values. Um, Cavs, I'm pretty much not drafting Cavs. Um, Derrick Rose looked good. I thought Dwayne Wade had a lot of bounce in his step. He had a really nice reverse dunk, but there's just too much talk of rest. Kevin Loves looked great. Uh, I'd rather have Al Horford personally, but I'd probably take Kevin Love over Embiid right now. 
Um, they're getting him really involved with the stretch five, and he's going to get opportunities in this offense. Uh, and also, really, a big winner was Jay Crowder, um, who's pretty much got the four spot locked up. We've seen him defend fours a lot. The Boston Celtics' best lineups last year were the Crowder at the four, so um, certainly not uncharted waters for him there. Okay, so first of the two big injuries is Chris Dunn. He is going to miss at least two weeks with a dislocated finger. It looked really bad when he went up to try to block Sterling Brown and that Shannon Brown's brother uh, on a dunk attempt. Sick dunk attempt. By the way, shout out to anyone who got my letsterlingdunk.com reference for letshannondunk.com back in the day when he wanted to be in the uh, dunk contest, so shout out to anyone who's old enough to, to remember that. <laughs> oh, AIM got shut down, by the way. So it's it's a it's a bad day to start feeling old. Anyways, let's talk some bulls. So Jerry Grant is going to start. I don't care. He's just so bad. Um, Hoiberg's talked a lot about pace. So I thought that really the bigger winner, because they wanted to play Dunn at the two sometimes from what they were kind of hinting at, I thought the big winner from that is Denzel Valentine. Uh, 15 points, 5 threes. He is going to score. He's going to assist. We saw him really dish the ball well at Michigan State. So um, I will easily take Valentine on my last pick in the 12 team. Again, good, like we've said for months now, young players on bad teams. And he has really asserted himself as a guy I'd want to take late. Uh, Bobby Portis is also terrific. Um, really active. We've seen Bobby Portis. I personally fell in love with him in summer league when he was a rookie because he was so active. He can block shots. He can hit threes. He took four attempts, made two. Um, can just dominate inside. And this team needs an inside presence bad. They they can't play Robin Lopez 30 minutes. Felicio as well. So they, they can't play both those guys at the four. Mirotic, as much as the muscle watch talk's been going down, you can't play him for 30 minutes either. So there's an opportunity here for him. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he can push Miritich, even start. Um, but, but probably not, though. They just need so much shooting in that first unit. But Portis has made a case to, to be a sleeper. Um, all right, I think um, Miritich, sure. Robin Lopez, sure. Uh, if you want a high floor big man, I think he's a good guy. Uh, Paul Zipser is just too, too low, uh, low ceiling for me to draft. Bucks-wise, really the only takeaway was Giannis' offense looks stupid good. Went to the line 13 times, made 9. He is shooting off the bounce with a lot of confidence. Uh, he, he could legit, I'm not even kidding, he could be a 28-point-per-game guy this year. Uh, he's coming off 23 points per game last year. Giannis looks stupid good. I, I would still prefer Cat, but Giannis is, is, he looks so, and like I said, it, it's tough to draft wings because that's how your team's built, but be honest, if he's going to be 28, 8, and 7.5, and, and 1.5 steals, and 2.0 blocks, and 1.03, I mean, what are you going to do right there? You just take him. Um, those guys, like him and Durant, are just too good. You don't worry about it. You figure it out on the fly. But, yeah, Giannis is, is really, really locked down the, the number two spot for me. Um, that knee injury thing seems pretty fluky. All right, we can move on. Uh, we had a small injury scare with Rajon Rondo, left groin, played seven minutes and bounced, but he is going to play. It sounds like they said it was more precautionary for the preseason. 
We saw some point boogie. Uh, 13 points from him in 14 minutes. Really active. 10 shots from the field. Boogies look good. They're going to... Him and Davis are just going to take so many shots. They both had, I think it was a 32.6 usage rate post-break last year. So the plan is to get them to fire away. I mean, we could skip the rest, I guess. Uh, uh, Drew Holiday, again, uh, he'll be the secondary ball handler. Maybe tertiary ball handler if they're going to play Boogie that much. Um, Check Diallo didn't play. And really nobody else made an impact. Agenta is just not there offensively. He just, I don't know, whether he is rusty or whatever it is, you just, you can't touch that guy. Um, and I, I think, it, like, I actually, I'm so proud of what I came up with in uh, my deep sleepers column in the draft guide. I called Czech Diallo the Alvin Kamara of fantasy handcuffs because not only one guy, but two guys. He's a handcuff to two guys. Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram, Diallo, Boogie, AD, like that, New Orleans connection, what, like that, like that, pretty proud of myself on that one, anyways, um, but yeah, by the way, I wrote that super fast, so, like, don't, I don't have that many zingers, so I hope I didn't set the bar too high, if you read that, but, it, there's 37 guys owned in less than 10% of the Yahoo League, so if you're in deep leagues, like, just bang it there, but if you listen to this podcast, I'd probably mention them anyways, so, it's all good, uh, I won't be mad if you don't cop it, but you should, though, totally. Okay, uh, I guess I didn't watch this game. Uh, I'll admit that I haven't watched it yet. But from what I saw, uh, Westbrook, he was very healthy. He had nine points, four assists in ten minutes. Only played the first quarter. Um, he's good to go. Um, if you could not count turnovers and field goal percentage, he'll still probably be number one player for that. So, like we said, if you draft, if, yeah, I, I haven't drafted Westbrook in my non thirty man, which is again so crazy. Like, I'm so down to punt field goal percentage if I get Westbrook. Uh, I can't if I pick first. I'm not passing on Cat. If I pick second, I'm not passing on Giannis. But like we said, the way that things shake out, it's such a viable strategy to to do that. Um, and if you could somehow land Westbrook and Porzingis then you you have to do that. Like you have to jump up around early to do that in my opinion. Uh, again, head to head, not in roto, full season roto. Uh, Paul George, uh, he said he liked playing with Westbrook, said it's going to make his life easier. Uh, he did most of his damage without Westbrook. Uh, 25 points. He is a great great shooter. Doesn't get talked about enough. Carmelo Anthony as well, another tremendous spot-up shooter. Didn't do much on the stat sheet. But he'll be fine. Uh, I think Paul George is more of a late third to me. I'm not drafting Carmelo. Give me those guys I said, Chris Gordon or even Tareem Prince over Carmelo, as crazy as that sounds. But, but I'll t- by the way, is anyone sick? I'm, I'm kind of sick of the hoodie Melo thing. Is that weird? Am I like getting old again? But that's just like, oh, hoodie Melo scored more. It's like, all right, I get it. It's not even funny anymore. Such a grouch. <laughs> uh, what else we got in this one? Uh, Alvin Gentry called him uh, Andre Robertson, the best glue guy. Robertson, excuse me. Um, but we, we know he's going to score probably like four points a game. All right, I think we're good there. A couple late games, which, again, I haven't watched yet. I'm kind of mad the Suns didn't broadcast over the internet the Jazz game. But 
Let's briefly go over Kings and Spurs. Start with the Spurs. Apparently, Rudy Gay threw a dunk down. Uh, Danny Green. Danny Green roller coaster. Uh, like I said in the blurb, most roller coasters will start up high. But Danny Green, G-Forces, pulling you down. Protect your neck, yo. <laughs> I can snap it uh, for a heart. He's going to bring you down. But, hey, looks good. Uh, we saw him, again, light it up in 2014-15. So, hey. Mm. Strope actually took him at, like, 217 or something in 30-man or 213 or whatever it was. That's pretty good uh, for a guy, again, who's two years, three years removed from being really a top 30 player in 9-cat. I mean, he's really sneaky. What was it, like 2.4 a block threes and over a block and over a steal per game with good percentages. Like, that's so, so hard to come by. But... That's Danny Green. Um, it's not, it won't be fun owning him, but he, he'll probably be like top 130 this year. Probably, maybe better than that. <sighs> That's kind of it there. Uh, DeJounte Murray has it locked down to start. Um, his offense has not really been there yet, but he had three blocks. His defense has been terrific. That's really what's going to make him earn the playing time as they run more offense through, hopefully, Kawhi, um, who, I'm again, I'm not drafting Kawhi anymore. Um if he's there, I'd rather have Jokic. I'd rather have Dame. I'd rather have Gobert. Jokic, obviously. Uh, nah, I'd rather have Kyrie, actually, over Kawhi. I don't like drafting guys in the preseason that are hurt. I hate it. I don't like it. Because if they get hurt again, guess he's going to feel like an idiot. Yes. So, I, I hate it. Maybe, it. Maybe it's my point of preference and... It has come back to bite me before. It, it always will. But let me tell you, if you've ever drafted someone who's hurt and they get hurt with that same injury, you hate yourself for like a week. Uh, so so if you're considering drafting Kawhi over the guys I said, um, I hope you don't have the same torture that I had. All right, I think we're good there. Um, on the Okay, so Kings. I read a column from Jason Jones, really good beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. He was saying that the Willie Cauley-Stein breakout is not going to be coming this year. I don't know about that. He looks pretty good. Uh, He's handling the ball. His usage rate's up. Uh, He's running some PNRs with both Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox. So I'm down, man. Um, Like I'm going for Marquise Chris first. And then I think Cauley-Stein is kind of right there. Like I have him over Boban. I have him over... Rashawn Holmes and all these guys. He looks like a really good bet for 13 and 10 with a block and good field goal percentage and free throws that won't hurt you. You love that kind of stuff. I mean, if you get that, you're talking about top 50 value for what looks like a premium position. (sighs) Buddy Heald handling the ball more. Um, Again, big reason why he was drafted so high from the Pelicans. Now he's on the Kings, obviously. Uh, Scalabissier made a three-pointer. I think that's noteworthy. Uh, took another one and missed it. Looks like he has kind of the power forward spot locked up, I think. I hope they don't start Zach Randolph or something crazy like that. But, yeah, every all the veterans rested, by the way. Zebo didn't play. Kufus didn't play. George Hill didn't play. Vince Carter, Garrett Temple, uh, all in play. So take, take those stat lines with a grain of salt. Okay, so... We're kind of at the big point of the day. I don't know if I did this on purpose. I didn't. But Dante Exum is possibly out for the season with 
what looks like a separated shoulder. He's having an MRI probably right now as we're recording. I haven't heard anything based on my phone. But, um, yeah, it's not good. It's not good at all. Uh, this team really couldn't afford to lose him. Um, they, they'll have Howell Neto kind of fill in while he's out. But we're going to hear a lot of talk, especially with how well Alec Burks. And I feel like every time there's a point guard injury and Alec Burks is available, he balls out. Like this is probably the fifth time in my Rotor World career I've talked about Alec Burks being a viable backup point guard. And here we are again. So he went off. I mean, Alec Burks, two games in a row, 8-12 from the field, 19 points. This guy can drive like nobody's business. Um, they need people to create. He's very isolation dependent, one-on-one scoring. Doesn't really use picks very well. So uh, he did make three threes too. So that, I guess that's worth talking about. But Alec Burks, I'm down, man. Um, 14 team, 16 team. I think he has a chance. Um, this team needs an eighth man in the rotation um, with Mitchell. Uh, and whoever else, and Joe Johnson, and all those guys. I mean, the team has really a lot of depth they're missing um, after that first unit, assuming they start Favors, Ingles, Gobert, Rudy, and Rodney Hood. Sorry, I forgot about him. Um, They need somebody. Uh, So I would say Burks and Donovan Mitchell are both in the mix. Mitchell looked a little rusty. Uh, I think the extra size and quickness and really just overall communication of NBA defenses are going to slow him down a little bit. So it'll take him you know, a good couple months, I think, to really start humming. But definitely a good day for Donovan Mitchell fans. But for for the way Mitchell scores, I think it's going to be a, a, a rough first couple months. Um, again, I love Mitchell. But um, he strikes me as more of a, a Chris Dunn kind of a guy early in the season uh, who's... Fantastic in summer league, but just a little bit rusty and inconsistent to start the year. And Mitchell was also three of sixteen from the field, so he is going to be a factor. He's pretty much a lock for the rotation. Um, and then also, Quinn Snyder said that the Dante Exum thing wasn't was an effect for Mitchell to step up his game and be more aggressive. So, yeah, uh, also very noteworthy stuff. Okay, so with the first unit. Ricky Rubio's cold. Uh, we know this. We've seen Ricky Rubio be cold quite a lot. Um, nothing new. I still think he's a top 45, top 50 pick. He tends to slide a little bit because he's not going to score like some of the other guards that are going before him. But Rubio's good. Um, he's going to be double-digit dimes or close to it. Probably two steals. Probably close to two threes. Uh, he's going to rebound decent. So... If you can again, team field goal percentage punt, man, it's, it's where it's at. I would love it. You can. I gotta write a column about that. Actually, thinking out loud right now, that sounds like a good column to write. <laughs> this is what happens when you do podcasts for. Who talks to themselves for fifteen minutes? Have you ever thought about that? Like, yo, this guy Mike's just straight talking to himself for like an hour. What's wrong with him? But appreciate you guys listening. By the way, <laughs> so uh, big takeaways here. Uh, Derek Favors looks good. Uh, from what I've seen, he is running down the court really well. He has his little knee brace on him, but he's getting shots. He is not quite defending from what I've seen, quite like impact Derek Favors has, but he's good. Uh, if I'm sitting there at 85, I would probably still lean Cauley Stein, but if he's gone, I think Favors is right there, and I'm down to taking both for sure. 
But Favors definitely carries more risk. But Favors does probably carry more upside. Uh, we've seen Favors for two months at a time go for first-round value. So he's He could be a beast. Um, Joe Engels is quiet. I'm not drafting him. Um, Rudy Gobert, I'm definitely drafting him. 9-12 and 12 in 22 minutes. Block's going to be elite. They're going to roll him to death. Um, you, get a, you get a fruit roll-up uh, for how much they're going to roll him up. Um, fruit roll-ups, man. Whatever happened to those things. Fruit roll-ups and aim and what else we got... I know the Rotor World guys talked about like Nickelodeon cartoons and guts and stuff the other day. So pro- shout out to the Rotor World Fantasy Football Podcast. Those guys kick butt. Um, okay, so really the big takeaway is Rodney Hood's legit. Um, fairly sold. They have been working extra hard. Apparently the Utah coaching staff and the front office are all saying like, okay, we got to get Rodney Hood to basically be Gordon Hayward. I don't know if Rodney Hood is Gordon Hayward, but they want him to be. They want him to be a 20-point-per-game scorer. And with the way this defense is put together and with having Gobert as the defensive backbone, they can really take chances on defense. And there's a chance he could get 1.3, 1.4 steals and probably over two threes. If he can manage to get 44% from the field with 16, 17 points per game, you're talking about top 50 value right there. So, um, yeah, Rodney Hood coming off that knee injury, uh, been injury prone in his career. He's well worth it, though. Um, you're not going to find much higher upside like I see him and Brandon Ingram go in the same neighborhood. Give me Rodney Hood all freaking day by about three rounds. Um, I'm pretty sold on Hood as a breakout candidate. Um, like with Brandon Ingram, who's also not really been very durable. I'd rather worry, like after pick 50 or even 60, probably 50, I care way more about your production and upside than I care about you staying on the court. And I mean, obviously it's a factor, right? But Rodney Hood looks—he looks really, really set up extremely well. This team needs wing scoring. Joe Ingles cannot score on his own. He can pass on his own. Um, Ricky Rubio, again, not a guy who's going to score 15, 20 points a game. Gobert, as much as we want him to break out, he's not going to score 20 a game. This team—they want to win with defense. But even Hayward's a pretty solid defender, especially um, as it shows up on the metrics. But credit that to Gobert. Okay, so Suns, another injury, TJ Warren, um, concussion, stitches, not good. This guy missed about a month and change with a head injury that was very shady, so I hope this has nothing to do with that, but if it does, we'll kind of assume, we'll assume he misses the first week of the season for argument's sake. Um, Josh Jackson started at power forward, he's been playing a lot of power forward, he played a lot of power forward in the Blazer game the other day. Uh, very, very, very involved in the offense, um, running, passing a lot, doing a, basically being like a point, almost like a, not not quite razzle-dazzle Simmons, but he's having stuff go through him and pushing the ball, rebounding, kind of more, actually, let's, he's more like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, where he's playing the four, he's t- typically a three, but he's creating and he's doing things to move the offense in a fluid manner, so... He's again Ronnie Hollis Jefferson kind of esque. Both these teams are going to be really fast. I like that conversation. I like that comparison. Uh, so yeah, I'm down. Uh, I would take him probably a shade before Ronde because the the Suns really really want to unleash him, and he's talented as heck. Ronde's not quite a pure talent that Josh Jackson is. So yeah, draft him. Uh, Marquise Chris, my boy, fouled out. Five turnovers, very very bad, but. Positive side, four blocks, made a three, took five attempts from three. This they they want like if they could 
they they want they want Marquise Chris to be a first round pick. Uh, <laughs> if if he hits his potential, it really is though. Like if he could somehow hit forty percent from three, which he won't, um, and makes eight seventy five percent from the line and block two point five shots per game, they're going to be there. And to keep if he can keep his fouls, if he's not top six in fouls per game, and he plays at eighty two games, like he's going to be top thirty player. I'm pretty sure on that. Uh, I love, love, love Marquise Chris, especially again if once, once like Brooke Lopez and Marcus Saul and all these centers that come off in round four and five, like what do you do? Who are you taking right there? Taking Marquise Chris, yo. <laughs> I think he's going to be a really productive big man. Um, you, you don't see guys block two shots and make a three a game. And I'm pretty sure Chris has got that. Um, it's just a matter of making free throws. Uh, Earl Watson said he's going to be, quote, a beast on the, or a monster on the glass. So 12, 9, 2 blocks and a 3. 50% from the field. Hopefully 70% from the line. That is delicious. <sighs> Other fall off from TJ Warren. Um, Tyler Eulis and Eric Bledsoe are playing together a little bit. That's something that would probably happen. I think Troy Daniels is on the radar. They really need this team. They need someone to shoot the three. Uh, Bender can't really shoot it yet. Uh, Tyler Eulis, he's shot the ball well lately, but he's not a three-point shooter. This offense needs space in the second unit. So, really got a close eye on Daniels uh, as a super deep sleeper in 20-teamers. Uh, Dragon Bender looks awful. Uh, I can't burn a pick on him right now. Um, with how terrible he's looked so far. Um, what else we got? Uh, Bledsoe I'm not drafting. Devin Booker I'm not drafting. Uh, just because uh, if it's to the points league I'm down. But, yep. Alright, so we are 54 minutes into this podcast and me talking by myself. Um, if I missed anything, I probably got it on the blurbs. Again, I blurbed everything that I could today. Uh, I'll be on all day Saturday for blurbs. So, um Maybe I sneak some in there for guys I didn't get. I know I didn't get a couple guys just because I, I had to get like 100 recaps or so today. So, busy, busy night. Busy, busy Friday. I called it a dress rehearsal, so it was cool. Um, burning off some steam on the pod. Appreciate you guys listening. Um, draft season's in full effect. I can't recommend enough that you get the draft guide. It's uh, 19.99 if I'm not mistaken. It's so, so worth it. Uh, I personally apply. put like... 500 hours in that thing um and then steve and ryan updates the projections i update the rankings pretty much every day i haven't yet but i will um i'll be bumping up a lot of jazz players and uh bulls players sadly um bad night for injuries man very again this is the most impactful night uh of the preseason man so as cool as the the uh, major league baseball Night was, day was, there was baseball on all day today. Uh, man, Girardi, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> so, all right, so we're out of here on that. You guys take care, enjoy your weekend. I uh, hope you guys enjoy your NFL. I should shout out the Rotor World live at noon on Sunday. Um, get some questions in. You can ask me, usually I'm just chilling, setting my lineup. So, if you have a football question, and you want someone to bounce an idea off of. I actually love fantasy football questions, so hit me up on that if you want. All right, so you guys take care. Enjoy weekend. Catch you next time.